All right, welcome back, and I'd like to introduce our guests for today. It's uh, Tuesday No Tacos guests. We've got uh, Alex Wong, Director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Hi. Good morning. We've also got with us Patrick Bennett, who's a macro strategist at CIBC World Markets. Good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, gentlemen, uh, lots of news coming at us from all quarters today, uh, kicking off with the EU-Britain trade deal on Northern Ireland. Uh, I mean, this is going to settle, hopefully settle some things for a little while. But what, what's your take on, on what this means for the European trade? Look, I think it's, it's, uh, it's only positive, isn't it? Um, you know, we've had so many years... Uh, you know, since the Brexit vote and so much uncertainty, which has uh, which has continued on uh, you know, during that time, so anything which brings us uh, closer to uh, you know some agreement, uh, uh, some uh, you know steady as it goes, uh, is is positive, and we've seen that reflected already in this in the currency overnight, and we expect there's a little bit more to come. Do you think it's going to be a quick bounce, or is this going to have an enduring effect on the markets? Oh, look, I think it can have an enduring effect. Um, the the pound has been uh, somewhat of an underperformer for you know quite some time. The economy has been, you know, facing uh, challenges from higher inflation and higher interest rates. Uh, to have some good news injected, which was not expected, uh, I think will will play quite strongly. Okay, Alex, uh, your take on this is this is this going to be a just a little bit of a fillip, or was there an, was there an underlying drag on the market that is going to be removed? Well, I think this is an additional uh, new positive catalyst, so I think it would uh, help the market for 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 a bit longer. I think. Okay, uh, and and how about the pound, Alex? What do you what do you figure? I mean, is this something that uh, will this kind of put it on an upwards trajectory, or are there are too many other factors in play? Uh, there are still. Too many factors. I think uh, people are not uh, really, really confident about the pounds. So I think uh, it needs time to restore. But uh, since uh, we, we, we are at a relatively low level, I think there will still some room to recover. Okay. Are there specific sectors that will benefit from the settlement of this if we were picking mm-hmm. our stocks? I think uh, if you want to go for specific sectors, probably the local one. I think because of, if you look at the FTSE, actually those are... Uh, Companies doing uh, business with other parts of the world actually is, uh, are the strongest. So probably those are local ones. I think will help, and of course, I think uh, financials uh, would always be uh, the beneficiaries. Okay, I mean, uh, one of the results of this, the pound is up, which means that for those of you that have properties there or kids in school, everything just got a little more expensive. Um, where the U.S. dollar go, Hong Kongers are very interested. Uh, Patrick, uh, you know, where do you see the U.S. dollar going on the back of this? And if you want to bring interest rates into the discussion. Sure. Yeah, look, sure thing. Look, it's been an interesting uh, start to the year in that uh, the dollar was quite heavy during th- through January. Uh, the market at that time uh, trying to uh, anticipate when the Federal Reserve would stop raising rates and perhaps start cutting them later in the year. Uh, and February has seen the dollar uh, bounce back quite strongly. Uh, that's been on the back of some, you know, some good data, some very strong economic data, and we believe, uh, you know, on the back of the the Fed or the back of the market, rather, uh, quite rightly, uh, now you know, repricing what they expect for interest rates. We expect interest rates to be higher for longer. Uh, we don't see any easing in rates this year, which is not great for for global or, or domestic activity. But uh, we see the dollar staying a little bit stronger uh, for somewhat longer. Uh, notwithstanding that, I think this year is probably a year which is going to be more sideways or choppy trading rather than a, a strong trending one. But certainly for the moment, we expect the dollar to be uh, in the ascendant for the next uh, month or two. Anybody else trailing in its wake? Uh, any, any other strong or is everybody going to fall before the mighty greenback? Well, look, Canada does, uh, Canada does relatively well. Um, you know, Canada's uh, leverage to the U.S. economy is, is, is quite clear and uh, you know, undoubted. 
Uh, and perhaps in some contrast on the interest rate front, uh, the fact that Bank of Canada is now able to, uh, we think, keep rates on hold uh, just allows the economy a little bit of uh, a little bit of breathing room. So, yeah, Canada is one of our uh, we pick as a, a outperforming currencies uh, outside of the dollar. Uh, and we like being long of that, uh, you know, against some of the uh, Antipodeans, against the Australian and New Zealand dollar is one of our, our favourite trades at the moment. Oh, interesting. Alex, uh, you, are you aligned with that or are you going to take a contrarian view? No, I don't agree with that. I think it's not a problem. May, maybe may have a firm bias, but not, not, may not go much higher. So I think uh, this year probably would be just um, sideways and choppy, probably. Uh, if you look at Asia, probably Singapore would be the one uh, which is a little bit interesting because you look at Singapore actually is quite strong against the dollar. Uh, if you look at it in, uh, with a um, three to five year horizon, actually Singapore actually is quite interesting. Okay. Uh, one uh, country that you guys haven't mentioned or brought in is India. I mean, everybody in India is consumed right now with the story uh, about Adani. And uh, kind of the overnight news was that JP, JP Morgan has uh, dropped Adani from their ESG uh, funds. And I mean, usually people think ESG, they mostly focus on the environmental part. But I mean, this is bringing governance into the spotlight. Uh, I mean, of course, there's been a lot of bad news on that front for, for Adani, but do you, does that, what does that tell you about the broader Indian market? Uh, for the broader Indian market, I think uh, it probably may underperform because in the past two years, actually, India uh, gained at the expense of China uh, within the major indices. And if China does rebound this year, probably may see some fun outflows from, from India to going back into, into, into China. So that is a one thing, uh, already happening, I think. And then, uh, the Adani things actually also hurt confidence. And, and actually India is not cheap. But in the long term, of course, uh, India is a young and, uh, and, and, and developing country. So I think, uh, the long term story may still remain intact, but I think that it would be correcting the overpricing situations, uh, because of the, um, uh, weakness in China over the last two years. Yeah, Patrick, I mean, uh, you know, when, when people started, you know, calling Chinese uh, companies accounting into question, it, it kind of sparked off a firestorm that's gone on for years now. And it started in this, you know, it started in the same in the same way with I think it was Muddy Waters at the time starting to call out firms. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this has been an ongoing thing. Uh, how about for India? Yeah, look, absolutely. And I, I don't think we're uh, at the end of it now. I would say as a more general observation, I think we're seeing a, a lot of companies uh, around the planet, uh, you know, under pressure on the back of uh, higher funding costs, you know, even before we start to, uh, you know, have these companies drill down into their uh, their ESG credentials. Uh, India as a, you know, as a whole, there's been a, uh, a multi-year or, or perhaps multi-decade uh, almost desire or, or, or push for investors to, to try and tap into the undoubted growth potential uh, in the economy. But, uh, you know, to date has, has come up short. Uh, you know, we still think there's challenges there, you know, the, the fiscal, uh, fiscal current, uh, current trade account deficits. Uh, the currency has, uh, has underperformed. Uh, which on one hand uh, does give a, a better entry level to to investors there, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult uh, it's a difficult road. We always say it's about uh, opportunity at the right level. Uh, if we saw higher interest rates in, in India, and we expect we will, uh, that gives the currency some support. And perhaps there's a, a better entry point to uh, uh, to trades with the currency being at these levels, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough road, and uh, you know, I think that some of the uh, you know some of the gains will be uh, will continue to be very hard won. 
I mean, I think something that's maybe a little different is a lot of the Chinese companies were listed on the American stock market, which gave American regulators leverage to go back and demand changes in, in accessibility to their books. Uh, I mean, does that same sort of relationship exist with India? I don't, I don't think there's a lot of Indian companies listed on American or British exchanges. Not to my knowledge, no, but I, I think what the, uh, the issue is now is uh, perhaps in the last few years we've, we've traded a lot of or you know, investors have been able uh, and, and successfully able to trade uh, more indices because you know global markets or markets have been moving you know, somewhat in lockstep, indices have been moving somewhat in lockstep. Uh, and now we move into a year uh, or a year or two years ahead, we believe, where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, more sideways, more choppy trade, where it's going to be a, you know, a, a question of picking you know, sectors and drilling down even deeper into that rather than the indices. So I think it's become a, a more difficult investing environment and one where uh, you know, speaking to your advisors is probably uh, is going to is going to pay 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 uh, is going to pay dividends. All right, gentlemen. Uh, coming back to the motherland, a uh, new study from the American Chamber of Commerce in China, I believe, suggesting that uh, investment uh, in in mainland China by foreign firms might be slowing down a little bit. Uh, what what are your thoughts on where China's going this week? Uh, I think uh, China actually is uh, much weaker than expected uh, over the last few weeks because of the uh, weakness in major tax. And I think uh, it still may continue because uh, we have uh, still um, very huge selling by major foreign investors into uh, one or two names, uh, major names in Hong Kong because uh, Tencent actually is still being got reduced by its major shareholders. So I think uh, people are now focusing on more the, more the share supply and there, there's not much of fresh cat, positive catalyst coming out. So we may still see a tech lag uh, uh, weakness in, in, in China markets. Yeah, Patrick? Yeah, look, I think from an economic point of view, and we're going to get uh, PMI data out, uh, what, uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, our view is that the economy, you know, the recovery in the economy is going to be quite uneven. Uh, there was a, a, a tremendous amount of confidence uh, baked into the market in the first few weeks of this year uh, of China's emergence from, from zero COVID. And I think you know, reality is starting to, to bite a little bit more that, as I say, it's not going to be, it's not going to be just one way, uh, you know, one way up. It's going to be uneven. Uh, I think if we uh, lay that over the fact that global demand uh, is somewhat challenged, uh, will continue to be through uh, through higher global interest rates. Uh, I saw a report last week of uh, a glut of containers in the uh, in the, in the southern ports in China, uh, suggesting their export orders have been quite soft. So, yeah, while we have while we retain a medium term confidence, our uh, you know our short term fear is that. Uh, yeah, that confidence has been overpriced, so we're we're taking a very cautious uh, stance at this point. Yeah, I mean the situation with the the uh, the oversupply of containers in Chinese ports. I mean, this is you know what a dramatic turnaround from a, a year ago when it, you know it seemed like supply chains were snarled up. Nobody could get containers. People trying to move out of Hong Kong were, you know, being told it was going to cost astronomical amounts of money to move their goods out if they could even get a container uh you know where do we go from here on the on the trade front well as i say your containers and people building houses out of them around the world previously but not but not now yeah look I, and i think we saw that in the hong kong uh, trade numbers too didn't we you know they're very what 36 percent drop the you know the biggest since uh, since records began and uh, i think this is the unappreciated uh, impact of higher global interest rates that uh, you know consumers are, are feeling the pinch around the globe and are going are going to be buying uh, 
you know, less goods. Um, non-discretionary spending is, uh, you know, has to continue, and discretionary spending will, uh, you know, will, uh, you know, will face these challenges. So the outlook for global growth, we believe, is uh, you know, a little bit softer than uh, than sometimes the market has. Uh, you know, has presumed uh, in the first few weeks of the year. Well, I hear what you're saying. The, the uh, you know, what looked like the indestructible American consumer seems to have, uh, ch- there are chinks in the armor now with the durable goods orders down, I think surprised a lot of people. Um, Alex, what, what's your take for the, uh, for the U.S. market and maybe how it plays back over here? I think the U.S. market actually uh, may not go much higher or lower. I, I think, uh, of course, a lot of depends on the uh, jobs data uh, to be released soon. So I think uh, probably may still um, a little bit downward pressure because yesterday's stabilization actually probably is caused by Tesla, uh, which would have a uh, investor day coming soon and people are probably are covering up or speculating on this one and let the um, tech sector high a little bit. But I think uh, generally I probably may, may still see some downside. Uh, okay, we've, we've been, and, and for that downside, I mean, how long do you see that uh, impact? We, we've been talking mostly mid and long term, but I mean, I'm, mm. I'm out for the rest of the week uh, on Money Talk. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a whole re- new hosts coming in every day. It's yeah. kind of a new format that we're working here. But uh, what can you tell our listeners for the, you know, what what you're kind of planning for the rest of this week? I think uh, you probably may focus on semiconductors or uh, banking stocks. I think uh, they probably are safer. So first of all, semi probably would be a benefit from the uh, development of AI. So I think that is a structural long-term growth story. But the software companies probably may not benefit much, and I think uh, people probably would still a bit a bit conscious uh, towards uh, the major tech ones as well. So And for the banking stocks, I think they would probably benefit from the uh, higher, higher interest rate environment and for a little bit longer. So I think the banking stock probably would save a play. Okay, Patrick, final, final call. Uh, what are you watching this week? Uh, yeah, look, I think we're going to see some more outperformance of the Canadian and now the uh, the British the British pound. Uh, again, uh, I like those against the Australian and New Zealand dollars. Uh, we think they are both, you know, face challenges from the slower global growth. Uh, so we'll continue with that, and I think there's some more uh, some more runway in, in both of those trades. All right, thank you very much to Alex Wong, Director Alex K. Wong Asset Management, and Patrick Bennett, the macro macro strategist at CIBC. World Markets, much appreciated to have both of you on.